we're a new member of the Surpass community. Um, we've been hovering around the edges for a while. Um, I've been to the last two Surpass conferences. It's a relief to be here as an actual customer and not someone who's just sort of in the, in the, in the periphery. Um, when uh, there was an initial uh, suggestion that I might want to do a presentation, uh, I, I kind of questioned, what, have we got a really a story to tell at this stage? You know, we've really only started working with Surpass in, in practice this year. Um, but talking to Tim and others, uh, well, let's talk about introducing LIBF as a new member of the community, what we've done with Surpass so far this year, and what we're planning to do with it um, in the future. Also, from a slightly selfish perspective, I really, I really enjoy coming to these sorts of conferences. You get to share your experiences and ideas with people in similar organisations. Um, I'm not a fan of every time you meet a new person, you spend five to ten minutes trying to explain what your organisation does and is. So hopefully I may only have to get to do this once. Um, so uh, we are the London Institute of Banking and Finance. This year we're celebrating our 140th year. I'm not going to share how many of those years I've been there. It's more than I'd care to, uh, care to count. Um, our purpose uh, is stated as to advance banking and finance by providing outstanding education and thinking tailored to the needs of business, individuals and society. In practice, that means a very broad remit of uh, qualifications and services. Um, our history as a professional body uh, is reflected in our large range of 30, somewhere some between 30, 40 uh, professional qualifications in mortgage advice, financial advice, um, uh, so, uh, corporate retail banking, international trade finance, it's, it's quite a broad, uh, broad set of qualifications. Um, in the late 90s, we were the first professional body to link a professional award to a degree by partnering with, uh, with, uh, with uh, universities. And in 2010, we achieved our own taught degree awarding powers, uh, which means that we actually award our own degrees. And since then, we've been delivering a full-time degree program at our London campus. And we've recently started to deliver um, degree apprenticeships as, as well. In 2005, we introduced our schools programme. So this is aimed at sort of 14 to 19-year-olds, um, designed to equip them with the skills they need to manage their own personal finances um, in an adult life, uh, but also in the hope that we might uh, inspire the next generation of banking and finance professionals. And a large number of our full-time degree programme students come through, come through that, uh, have been through that schools programme. Um, we're also developing our international presence. Uh, we've got an office now in Abu Dhabi working with a partner, ADGM Academy, out there to deliver qualifications and training. And we've recently opened a Singapore office as well. And again, pointing back to our origins as a professional body, we've got uh, quite a big membership offering and a big range of guest lectures, awards, other, other types of events throughout the year. All of this is supported by a suite of applications that we've developed in-house over the last 20 years or so. Um, that's student information systems, call management, um, uh, membership events. We even have our own in-house built question bank management system and uh, an e-assessment platform that we, deliver for, uh, we developed for delivering um, objective test assessments in schools, which possibly asks the question, sort of, why are we here? Um, we've got a concept 
uh, LIBF, of, of LIBF 2023. What does the Institute look like in 2023, whether that's product, people, uh, process, technology? Um, and so my current role is head of transformation projects. Prior to that, I was head of IT. And when we looked at our technology strategy, uh, it, looking at sort of where technology is going and what we've got, we can't maintain, um, we can't keep pace with either the um, sort of the broad range of business needs that we have uh, as, an, as an organization, but also just the modern pace of technological change, whether it's cloud, mobile, internet of things, all of those sorts of things. One team can't, uh, can't, can't keep up with that. Um, so uh, our future applications estate, we will wind down the in-house applications that we have and we will move to off-the-shelf, best-of-breed um, software-as-a-service applications. And our in-house team will be, their work will be focused on knitting those applications together to, to deliver the business need with, through web services and API integrations. Um, something that I've done when I've spoken to our senior team about this um, is say, well, you know, the, the one way of looking at it is that we have an in-house scrum team. Um, now, it was a couple of years ago, and Andy's uh, presentation helped me make sure that I've got the right number here. Um, a couple of years ago, it was 15 scrum teams were working on Surpass at any time. Um, now I know it's 25, and I didn't do enough pictures of scrum teams to, to reflect that. But just, you know, that's one product that we would use, and it's got, there's no way you can, we can keep pace with that in-house. So I thought I'd talk through what we've done with Surpass so far this year, um, and then have a quick look at what we're, what we're looking to do with it in the future. Um, as you can probably imagine, we're combining the broad range of um, delivery models and assessment models that we have, as well as, as different audiences, and the broad range of features and functionality in Surpass. Where do you start? The decision was almost kind of made for us when uh, we responded to a tender at the end of last year from one of our corporate clients for a retail banking qualification, and they had an interest in remote invigilation. Um, we'd also been talking to BTL about this as, a, as, as an area of potential interest for us. Our corporate uh, clients like the idea of where someone can work from home, take a test in the morning, and be productive for the rest of the day, as opposed to take a whole day out, travel to a centre, get lost, take an exam in a stressful environment, and, 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 and then take the, you know, they, don't get, they don't come back to the office. Um, so that project involved an in-house trial with uh, some members of SAS, my colleague Blake, uh, who kindly allowed me to use his uh, image. Um, so we ran an in-house trial first with a few staff, learned a few lessons from that in terms of um, what you can and can't do, uh, what, what, what sort of communication we needed to make to, to, client, to customers in terms of uh, what they can do in the exam. Um, this uh, image shows the three screens that the invigilator can see. Um, so, as you, so you've got the webcam, you've got the uh, feed from the candidate screen, um, you've also got this third image, um, which is the, using the phone or, or tablet to get a, a, another view of the room, which I, as I understand it is, is a feature unique to the Proctor exam platform that we were using. Um, so we did that. We uh, learned a number of lessons, as I say, in terms of what you can and can't do um, with uh, remote invigilation, making sure that those are clearly communicated to our students. You know, no, no headphones, no sunglasses. Um, you can't leave the room. You can't look at your phone. Uh, it, worked, it worked fine. We, we did have one student who still managed to, who tried to sit their exam in an open office environment 
Um, so I think you can, you can communicate as much as you like. You, you'll always find someone who's going to try and do something um, sort of a, uh, that, that come, comes out of the, the left field. Um, but it was a really good, uh, it, was, it was a successful trial. We delivered all the exams successfully. We got quite a lot of really positive feedback from the candidates. One candidate who'd previously sat a number of our exams through centre-based electronic assessment and said, I'd, I'd rather do this every time. It, make, it makes the whole experience so much easier and so much less stressful. Um, while, we were, while we were doing this pilot, um, we got another opportunity to use SURPASS in a different context. So this is at our um, Abu Dhabi office, um, the ADGM Academy, uh, through our partners there. Um, the original plan had been to use the in-house ass assessment platform that, we, that we've been using in schools, um, but that requires, a, uh, as well as the client installation, um, it requires a, a, a local server installation. And for a variety of complex reasons, that was never going to work um, with our partner's network. So we needed to deliver something that was uh, cloud-based and only required the local installation on the, with secure client. Um, if you're going to deliver your first sort of on-premise exams, um, doing it overseas with a four-hour difference and a working week from Sunday to Thursday presented a few of its challenges. But the exams, the exams went really well. The, the system was easy to use. Um, we established a lot of uh, uh, processes. There's a lot of sort of manual processes. We didn't have it in. Um, we didn't have the uh, system integrated with our student system, so we were manually importing students. But the process, the process worked fine. A couple of early Sunday morning phone calls got it all. Got a, uh, got, a, got got my colleagues out of there. A couple of small panics, and it was it was it was really successful. Um, Something that's affected both of those projects was that, um, as part of our feedback offering post-assessment, uh, we display on our uh, online student portal this learning outcomes chart. So this is an example. Um, did particularly well in that area, areas where you might need to, 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 to develop. Um, and this being, again, another in-house application, uh, points at data from our in-house uh, database. So the only way we could ensure that we continue to provide that service was to maintain uh, matching item banks, matching test forms, and uh, matching re-importing item responses from Surpass back into our in-house system. Um, what we've managed to do since is uh, get in and use the Surpass API to do that. So what we're now doing is we now, this is now generated direct from um, live, live from live data from, from Surpass. In case anyone's interested in knowing kind of what it's like to try and keep two question bank management systems in sync, um, it's like that. <laughs> so uh, that's why the, the getting the API stuff one was, done was a real sort of personal win uh, for, for me, not having to repeat that experience. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what we've managed to do with it so far. The, the, say the remote invigilation pilot and actually being able to um, deliver a su successful set of electronic assessments overseas um, and, and our real first step, first foray into using off-the-shelf SaaS platform, integrating with the API. Um, there's more for us to do with that. Um, we're going to do work to make sure that the student data for the Abu Dhabi exams is, is passed across, again, using the API, so we're not uploading, manually uploading spreadsheets. Um, so there's, there's some more work to do on that. But there are other areas where we're really interested in progressing the use of Surpass. Um, one of them is 
in our professional qualifications. We've got a range of different assessments there, but some of them are very long-form uh, written response uh, essay-style exams. And they're currently uh, delivered paper-based with uh, the, the, the scripts distributed securely around the country to market to distributed markers. Um, so in the future, we really want to get into revisiting remote invigilation, particularly for these assessments, um, and also getting into using the authoring tasks and workflow because our subject matter experts are, are, are distributed. They're not on-premise on staff. Um, but for now, we're going to focus on uh, electronic delivery, getting the, the, giving the students an opportunity to do typed rather than handwritten responses, which is how they're all working nowadays. Um, using secure marker to do, to do the marking, turn that around, and we believe we can carve our, our results turnaround um, by doing that. On the schools front, um, again, we have a solution in schools, but it only works for objective test, multiple choice uh, question delivery. Um, the, the schools, lots of schools are interested in, well, what can we do for written assessments? So, um, and, and also, we're starting to get a hint from some schools that, again, the, the on-premise server installation is going to start to be a problem as they move to more sort of cloud-based um, network hosting. Um, so again, in the future, we're going to look at developing, delivering, using SURPASS to, to deliver the whole range of assessments. But for now, we're going to focus on the written exams. A lot of what we're learning is don't try and do it all at once. Just try you know, small, small wins iteratively. Um, and finally, our international trade finance exams. So this, these uh, papers at the top are um, supporting paperwork for the assessment that reflects the real-world documentation that international trade specialists need to use to, to pass uh, goods uh, and money around, around the world. Um, currently, we reflect the real world for them by giving them sort of the similar sort of uh, paper documentation. Um, we also uh, are currently delivering those through paper-based OMR sheets, which are, which are posted back and forth to the 70 or so centres that we deliver those at. Um, so again, in the future, absolutely want to get into how can we how can we transform that exam to work in an electronic environment? And I don't think I don't think it involves taking all of those bits of paper and making them PDFs. I, I think that in, in lots of cases you're going to you don't just, you can't just take what you what you currently deliver paper based and plonk it on a screen. You've got to actually look at if I was delivering this if I, if I was developing this from scratch for an electronic assessment. How would I how would I start and sort of go back to the drawing board on that? So that's what we want to do in the future on that. For now, again, focus on we'll still use the paper based supporting documents, but let's get the um, responses uh, sent in electro uh, submitted electronically. Um, we're aware there's lots of various sort of different delivery options. We might be able to use international test centers that, that are already there, pop-up test centers, bring your own device, looking at the different sort of um, options that, that we could use for that, clearly reducing our sort of postage risks and costs for that, but also, again, an opportunity for us to um, significantly reduce the results turnaround, which is something that the students would, uh, really appreciate. That's it for now. There's lots of other things that we're looking at doing. I'm not going to spend all day sort of going through them. Um, as I said at the, at the beginning, really like coming to these sort of conferences and sharing ideas and experiences. So really interested to talk to anyone sort of afterwards. My colleagues, Lyndon and Chris, are also here. Um, and uh, yeah, happy to find out what you're doing, share what we're doing and learn. 
That's me.